People living in Kildare, Leash and Offaly have been warned to double down on public health measures following a surge of COVID-19 cases. Acting Chief Medical Officer Dr Ronan Glynn last night said there have been 226 cases in these counties in the last 14 days, which account for almost half of all cases in Ireland during that period. The surge is largely linked to outbreaks in food processing plants. The government and the National Public Health Emergency Team are due to issue updated advice today to those living in Dare, Leash and Offaly. So are regional lockdowns becoming more likely? Well, to discuss this further, I'm joined on the line now by Paddy Mallon, Professor of Microbial Diseases at UCD and also a consultant in infectious diseases at St. Vincent's Hospital Dublin. Professor Mary Codd, Epidemiologist and Associate Dean of Public Health at UCD. Brendan O'Shea, a GP in Kildare. James Lawless, Fianna Fáil TD for Kildare North and Thaig Daly, CEO of Nursing Homes Ireland. And thank you all very much for joining us this morning. Um, Paddy, I'll start with yourself. Uh, given the developments that we've seen over the last couple of days in Kildare, Leash and Offaly, do you think it's time to look again at how we're handling this virus in meat plants specifically? So I think that uh, it's what we're seeing here is a, a repeat of episodes that we've been more or less seeing since the end of lockdown, where you're seeing one particular sector of the workforce that's being disproportionately affected. And it so happens that we're seeing that focusing in and around meat, meat plants and food processing factories. And I think that there needs to be a, a very critical look as to, as to why this is happening. Uh, I know that it was interesting to read the press release from one of the latest outbreak companies, and it seems as if the companies themselves, by and large, are taking a lot of measures to try and, and reduce the risk of infection within the workplace, but yet it's still happening. Uh, and there probably needs to be a, a recognition that what's happening here probably goes beyond the workplace, and it's really a, a creating a safe working environment where not only do you have a safe workplace that prevents spread of the infection, but you look at the the, the workers within the workplace, you look at their living conditions, you look at their transport conditions, you look at the societal conditions that we put in place that that mean that people sometimes are afraid to acknowledge symptoms or they're afraid that they may lose employment or they, they may lose income because they have to take time off work sick. All of these things, we need to look at this holistically because there's something within this sector that just isn't working and it probably lies simply beyond the workplace and it probably needs a more societal and a more whole-of-government approach. Um, I know that uh, public health officials have said that there's little evidence yet of community transmission. Um, they've also said, Neffet, that we will be very lucky if this doesn't move into the community at this point, given uh, the rate the virus is uh, reproducing um, in, in these clusters and in these outbreaks. How concerned should we be about that? Well, I think we're at, a, we're at a critical point. You know, the HSC have put a huge amount of work into uh, creating a testing and contact tracing system. And what we're seeing at the minute with high rates of detection is actually that system working. You know, Neville Byrne, Damien McCallion, and the group in the HSC have been working on this for months. We have colleagues in public health across the country that are working really day and night to try and to try and keep on top of this. And these outbreaks can be controlled. You know, we have seen outbreaks in other meat processing facilities that can be controlled, but it needs a combination of the HSE efforts, which are there, but we also need uh, really the buy-in, the continued buy-in from the public, and that's around the basics. Uh, and what we need to do is to try and 
contain these infections within the workplace and try and stop them spreading within the wider community. And the key here, it's, it's the very simple messages around the hand hygiene, around the wearing of masks, around the physical distancing. But also, if you're, if you're advised to get tested, get tested straight away. Uh, one of the really noticeable things from the most recent outbreak is the number of people that are turning up positive that don't have symptoms. Mm. And it may be that people are sitting at home, they've been advised that they're a close contact, and they say, oh, you know, I don't have symptoms, I don't need to be tested. And what this data shows is that you do need to be tested, not so much because of the fact that you may not get sick, but if you have the virus, recent data shows that if you have the virus and you have no symptoms, you're just as likely to have the same amount of virus and have it for the same length of time as someone who does have symptoms. So you're just as infectious. And it's, it's the key is picking up people that have little or no symptoms Finding out that they have the virus and isolating them is the key to really controlling this epidemic and stopping the, these outbreaks spreading and the widespread community transmission, which is the big concern. Yeah, and as you say, uh, Paddy, the, 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 those figures yesterday and the number, high number of people who have been tested in one of the plants that had no uh, symptoms at all but were found to be positive for COVID-19. Um, what does that mean then for the people who are living in Leash and Offaly and Kildare if there are people circulating in the community who have no idea that they have the virus and maybe haven't been informed either that they have been a close contact of somebody who has the virus? Um, I know Neffet has said, you know, take care and be on high alert. But for vulnerable communities, for example, for the over 70s, should they go back to cocooning in, in, in those counties at the moment? What would be your advice to people to keep themselves safe now? Well, the big thing is follow the public health advice. You know, the Ronan Glynn and his colleagues within Neffet will have the most up-to-date data today on what's happening within these counties. And at the moment, they're already, they're already sending signals out to those more vulnerable within those counties that they need to take extra care. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean cocooning. But it means just doubling down on the basics. Um, it's, and a lot of this is common sense. You know, the, the words of one of the health, the, the HSE spokespeople the other day said, if it doesn't feel safe, it probably isn't safe uh, and don't do it. And I think that those words will never ring truer than they will at the minute. People need to look at all of the actions that they're taking, especially within those counties, and say to themselves, if someone's outside my social bubble, if someone's too close to me, if I'm in an environment which doesn't feel safe, I need to get out of that environment to change it. And for the next few days, next week or so, until we can get on top of these outbreaks, we need to be following that basic public health advice and taking care. Okay. We have a text here from Neil. You might be able to help him, Paddy. He's wondering if there's a risk of the disease being passed on from the plastic packaging in these uh, in the, uh, that uh, covers the meat if it has been handled by the infected employees. I'd say the overall risk of that would be very low. Uh, we haven't really seen, if you, if you think about... Um, What's, what's been happening day to day, for example, within the restaurant, restaurant industry, within a lot of uh, industries in general where people are handling packages, we're not seeing outbreaks occurring as a result of that. So I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. The HSE, uh, when they see these outbreaks, uh, part of their remit will be going in and looking at the, the complete health and safety within the food processing plants. And I think that if they saw any concerns about any further contamination over and above what's happening, that action would be taken. So I wouldn't be concerned on that point. Okay, I'm going to get on to the rest of our guests in a minute, but just um, a final one to you for the moment, uh, Paddy, on the idea then of a local lockdown. Um, the Neffet are not ruling it out. It's something that they are considering. Is that something that you think would work um, or should be should be implemented? 
So I think what we have at the moment is the public health testing and tracing working in action, and what people are seeing now is that work in action. We need to see how that progresses. Hopefully, if, that can, if, if those actions can contain this outbreak or can contain these outbreaks and stop community transmission, then we shouldn't need these more wider, strict community measures such as lockdown or, or more community restrictions in place. But it is, we're on a real knife edge, uh, and I think that if, if, if the public don't buy into what Ronan Glenn and his colleagues are saying in terms of just being that extra bit vigilant, then we may lose control. And it's only if we lose control of those local outbreaks that you'll have to put in those wider societal measures. So really, the, 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 it's, it's, as he said, it's the old story. It's in, it's in all of our hands to do this. Uh, we, we all need to double down on the efforts. And by doubling down on the efforts, you can get these outbreaks under control. We've managed to do it in the past, and we're going to continue to see these outbreaks into the future. But everyone needs to buy into the process. All right. Uh, stay with us, if you don't mind, Paddy. We also have Mary Codd on the line. And Mary, obviously, with higher numbers now being seen um, in the Midlands, particularly contact tracing and testing are going to be critical to controlling all of this. And I know that you run the contact tracing centre at UCD. Um, is the capacity there now to deal with an increase or indeed a possible surge? Good morning, Sarah. Uh, yes, and uh, thank you very much for having me on. You know, I think Paddy has said an awful lot of what is what needs to be said, but on the particular point that you mentioned about capacity, so I look upon this as a shared responsibility. We can come back to the individual responsibility to reiterate what has already been said. But just to say the answer to your question specifically on capacity for identification, that includes swabbing and testing, and tracing then contacts of confirmed cases is very definitely in place. And just to say in the height of the pandemic as we experienced it in April and May, starting March, uh, that was upscaled to nine centres across the country for tracing. Clearly since the middle of May, certainly since uh, early June, the numbers have meant that we've been able to scale back on the need to have people in-house at all times ready for contact tracing. So there have been, there has been one centre which has been permanent, um, but there is an escalation plan in place. And literally as we speak over these last couple of days, we've been working on this and we are ready to upscale that within literally a 24-hour period. So I really want to reassure people that the capacity is there, the expertise is now there, we've refined a lot of the systems, the turnaround time is now within a day from uh, the test being done to the person being contacted, Um, and from that point of view, if you think about the shared responsibility, the service is, you know, in pole position to mm. respond. Um, in terms of the contact tracing and the testing, um, Paddy was talking about the the conditions of the people working in the meat plants, which is obviously where these outbreaks have, have occurred, mm. um, the, the way they're travelling to work, where they're living, whether it's a crowded accommodation. We know there's a large migrant workforce in, in a lot of these meat, meat mm. plants. How difficult does that make it for you in terms of contact tracing if you're trying to find out, for example, if somebody's living in, in, a, in a shared accommodation with a lot of other people, how many people they would have had contact with, or if they're travelling to work with a whole group of other people, how many yes. people they would have had contact with? 
Well, of course, that adds to the complexity. People do need to move about. They need to go to work. They need to live. Um, and that means that by definition, we're all going to have more contact with people in some instances that we may not even realise. And, and I must say, I give a call out here too, and I have been out and about myself a little bit over the last few days, to people in hostelries and coffee shops where they're actually now noting people's names and telephone numbers if you go in for a coffee somewhere. Um, having said that, of course, it adds to the complexity. Um, and that's where I would say contact tracing is not simply about delivering results to people. Contact tracing is actually really entering into people's worlds and, and, and their position and where they're at and really talking to them and being em very empathetic, but talking to them very realistically about their movements, where they've been over the last number of days, who they've been in contact with, in particular who they live with, the age distribution of people they live with. It could be that they live in private houses, they've got families, they've got partners or children or perhaps mm. older people in the house, or they live in some sort of shared accommodation. And I really want to talk about this because, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's very interesting to, to, to think about a confined outbreak in, let's say, a meat uh, plant or meat factory or some other industry. But as Paddy has said, we need to be so mindful that these people, while they're at work, they're working with a particular group of people. It may even be in the same group each day, but they move outside of that and they go home and they may traverse, you know, a village and go into a local shop on the way home. But they live with people who may be working in other industries. And we saw this very much in the major uh, pandemic in April and May, where you had people working in one industry who are living with people working, for example, in, let's say, some of these workers in the meat industry are working with people in the construction industry or actually working with people who are working in nursing homes. Okay, so it's, and okay. that's a particular, you know, we, it's a point that I would very much like to come back to and I know Ty Daly is also on the line. All right, I just want to ask you briefly, Mary, because I, I, I want to get on to our other guests as well, yeah. um, but just in relation to people coming for testing, because um, yes. we've heard a lot about people not coming for testing or, um, you know, just ignoring contact tracing calls or whatever it might be. We have a couple of texts on this. One person saying, should we make it an offence not to come for testing if you're identified as, as a close contact? Shame is asking if people aren't going for the test because they don't like it or if they won't go back for the second test, then are we not working off incorrect data on which to make decisions? Um, what has been your experience on that in terms of people complying with testing and contact tracing? Well, I, uh, you did actually ask me earlier about the difficulty of, you know, contact tracing and so on. Honestly, we found people to be really appreciative and very compliant. Um, I would, though, reiterate again the, the shared responsibility and the responsibility on each one of us to come forward if there is the slightest hint of any symptoms. All right. Now, of course, that makes it difficult uh, for people who are asymptomatic and yet positive. And so my advice there is if you're identified as the contact of a case, then get tested. All right, Mary, stay in the line if you don't mind. We're also joined by James Lawless, Fianna Fáil TD for Kildare North. Um, James, lots of GAA matches and things like that to be played um, in, in the three counties, Leash, Kildare and Offaly, I'm sure this weekend, you know, other gatherings like that. Is it time to move on things like that and say, you know, let's, let's, let's cancel those for the moment? Look, I think, uh, good morning, Sarah. I think there has to be a degree of voluntary compliance at this stage, uh, and I suppose the three counties involved have to step up to that. I think, to be fair, they have been doing so uh, all the way along. Our local residents here in Kildare, and I'm sure the other two counties, have been you know, very adamant on the face mask wearing 
minding themselves, keeping the social distance, um, and businesses and shops, etc., responded as well with their barriers and their, their controls. Um, I believe in terms of the sporting field, uh, I believe there was an incident in Leash, which was sport-related, one of the breakouts there, um, and that may, um, I suppose that gives significant concern. So yes, I think, unfortunately, it does make sense for that kind of voluntary withdrawal from, I suppose, group behaviours, uh, which include if you're playing a game of GA or soccer or anything that involves people getting down and dirty on a playing field in close proximity. Um, so I think, you know, people are going to have to put their hands up and say, do you know what, we're going to voluntarily withdraw from those activities uh, and suspend games and fixtures. And uh, how, how, far, how far would you like to see that push then, James? I mean, does that extend to people going to restaurants? Does it extend to people coming to hotels in the area? You know, we have no, a text here from somebody, yeah, no, um, Paul, saying his family are due to go to Tullamore today for the weekend. That comes from Paul in Galway. He's obviously concerned about that. Yeah, I think, I think we have to take stock of exactly what's happening here. And one of the points, and I spoke to both the Minister for Health and the Minister for Agriculture last night uh, in connection with the meat plant outbreak. We have a situation here where we have a high incidence, a uh, very high number of cases being reported overnight in the last couple of days. But essentially confined to three locations. Uh, we have three meat factories, or one, two meat factories and one processing site uh, in Timahoe, uh, Nace and Kildare Town. And I think really the focus has to be on getting control of those outbreaks, um, isolating and managing the workers in those uh, factories and their communities in terms of their own close contacts and personnel, supporting personnel, etc. Uh, and maybe, you know, cohabitants, etc. Because I, I think to, I suppose, to, to use brute force to three entire counties uh, on, this, on the strength of instances in three workplaces uh, may be a little bit, uh, I suppose, over, over, um, overly censorious. Mm. But what I would say, there may be other measures that can be taken. Um, I think it is important that a local lockdown doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy because we, we may not have to go to that point. Of course, the public health advice is paramount and people will do what they have to do. Um, but I think getting on top of the outbreak in those particular centres would be more important. Okay, we there do are two things that could be done, though, in the meantime. Sorry, go on um, uh, And I know Mary was talking about testing a few minutes ago. The test site in Kildare actually closed about six weeks ago, the local test centre, uh, and people were being referred up to the Viva Stadium in Dublin. And the, the thinking behind that was done on a national level, that the local test centres that were set up temporarily during the pandemic were being uh, moved back up to regional centres. The difficulty with that now, when you have a county like Kildare, where the outbreaks are on the rise uh, and when the number of cases are on, on the increase, if people have a suspicion, if somebody has a sniffle, and I heard even during the week two children in a crash uh, that had you know, potential symptoms, they were told they had to go to Dublin and the parents weren't terribly keen on bringing them up to Dublin because of the, the overhead, etc. And people may think twice about making the journey to the Viva Stadium. If we had a local test centre back operational, back in the county, uh, people wouldn't think twice. They would go straight to it and get it done. And I know we can talk about mandatory testing and the rest of it, but I think making, bringing closer to the people, restoring the test centre to Kildare, and I spoke to the Minister for Health about that last night, and he's raising that with the CMO, acting CMO this morning. Okay, James, so stay with us on that, that if you don't mind. I just want to go to Brendan O'Shea, adjunct professor in public health and also primary care at Trinity College Dublin. Um, he's also a GP based in County Kildare. And, and on that uh, question of the test centre, Brendan, um, you could see how that would have caused a big problem for people, you know, being told to go to Dublin if they, you know, have a bit of a cough or a sniffle, as James is saying, that they just might not be bothered. Do you think that that might have played a part in any of this? Not a big part, and I wouldn't see it as a big problem. And I certainly would expect in the short term that there'll be testing in Kildare. I'd be very surprised if there wasn't, given the numbers that are emerging. I mean, there are positive aspects to this, um, and the speed of testing, uh, the speed that results are back. Um, in Kildare, for example, uh, Kildare is an interesting county. There's a large proportion of the population don't uh, have GPs or haven't registered because of the influx over the last decade. Uh, these people are turning up at practices. Uh, they're being moved along very 
quickly. And in the out of hours setting at the weekend, uh, or if it's eight or nine o'clock in the evening, they can have their test arranged really quickly through KDOC, which is the Kildare GP out of hours cooperative. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out over the next week or two. But we certainly would be surprised if people have to continue to go up to Viva given the numbers mm. that are emerging from Kildare and the other counties. And have you seen an increase yourself in the number of patients appearing at your practice with, with uh, potential COVID the, symptoms? Um, we have certainly in the last couple of weeks now it, it's an impression at the practice level uh, certainly the numbers didn't reduce um, and certainly I think in most practices in Kildare we've had some positive test results uh, but again I'd emphasise that this is not like April this is August um, we've got a fantastic test, testing system that's run electronically um, it's about really efficient cluster management. I'd be guardedly optimistic. Most people are absolutely doing the right things. Uh, We were talking about the GAA. It's a very marginal call. It's all about the margins. It's about faster testing, quicker results, isolating while you're waiting for your test. It's not good enough to get the test and then potter around for a day or two. You've got to restrict yourself. Everybody should be cutting down on unnecessary social contact. Uh, That's just going to be a fact of life for the next week or two while we watch the R number. And what do you Uh, think about the idea of a lockdown? A local lockdown. Uh, I, I think if it has to happen, it has to happen. Um, now, in your run into your show this morning, you reflected on Beirut, where there are 300,000 people without homes. Uh, by comparison to that, even though we're upset by what's going on in Kildare, we have to see it in that context. Mm. Uh, there are still some obvious things that need to be done, and bringing testing back to the county is one of them. Uh, we need more GPs in Kildare and in other counties. Uh, we have direct provision centres, which arguably after nursing homes, uh, you could cynically say we're almost designed to facilitate this. We really need to look at the direct provision centres. The numbers in direct provision centres are much smaller than in nursing homes, uh, but they... Arguably, they should uh, the amount of social contact and overcrowding uh, and the risk uh, and the level of medical complexity among people in uh, direct provision centres. These are pressing issues. And if we're playing the margins properly, we'll address these as well. OK, um, if it has to happen, it has to happen in terms of a local lockdown, James. That's what Brendan is saying. And yet we have loads of texts here from people in the area saying we don't want it to happen. I'll just give you a couple of them. One person says it's nothing to do with the people of Kildare or Offaly. The workers in those plants are in clusters. You cannot lock down people over this or there will be blue murder if you try that again end of and then Colm says a huge number of people in Leash, Kildare and Offaly work outside those counties if there's a new lockdown just in those counties how will people be able to tell their boss in Dublin that they won't be coming to work local lockdowns are not practical in a country as small as Ireland what's your thoughts on that? Yeah well Sarah I suppose that's the point that I've been making as well that I think that the the public health advice has to be paramount but the economic implications have to be considered as well and people have already taken such a significant hit and people of Kildare at least in Offaly have gone through the first lockdown, they've been compliant, shops and business have already adjusted. I think in this, if the community transmission was very high and people were contracting the disease in supermarkets and shops on the streets and restaurants, it would be one thing. That is, does is not the point appear to be the case. At, 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 the point, at the moment, though. it seems to be the, the factories, uh, the three isolated factories are the sites of the, of the outbreaks. Uh, I think there's other ways to contain it uh, on a more localised fashion than locking down three counties. I think that might be uh, a sledgehammer to crack a nut uh, to go that route. And I think we just have to make sure that other options are explored before we get to that stage. Well, what about what Brendan O'Shea is talking about, about actually dealing with the overcrowding and direct provision centres? I mean, we heard from the Minister for Justice yesterday that there's absolutely no way that there's going to be um, proper direct provision, suitable accommodation for people by the end of the year. We're coming into Christmas. They're going to be left in the crowded accommodations with only isolation units being set up for people who, as she said, are vulnerable, over 65 or medically vulnerable, the rest of them will be left as they are for the next couple of months. 
completely. And there's also concerns being raised uh, this morning uh, about some employees. Mr. James, uh, you're, you're in the government party. What is the government going to do about it? Well, I'm in the government about four weeks, um, uh, and I'm not familiar with the Minister for Justice's plans. Um, but what I can tell you, there are, there are immediate actions that can be taken. I talked already about bringing the testing centres back into Kildare, and, and I think Brendan agreed with that. And that's something I spoke to the Minister for Health about last night. I spoke to the Minister for Agriculture last okay. night about the plans for each individual um, uh, workplace. The other thing, the last point I want to make, Sarah, under the Health and Safety Authority rules at the moment, uh, COVID-19 is not a notifiable disease. So now I think they're doing it voluntarily because of the priority of it. But at the moment, if there's an outbreak, if there's a work health and safety incident, if somebody trips on a loose note on the factory floor, that's a notifiable to the health and safety authority. If there's an outbreak of COVID, it's not necessarily okay. so. Actually, there's no legal obligation to do that. So there are measures that can be introduced overnight All right. uh, to improve reporting, improve compliance. Thanks, James. And I, take every step I, to avoid I want to move on to Thai Daly, the Chief Executive of Nursing Homes Ireland. And Thai, thank you for your patience um, on the line this morning. Um, I wonder, have your members, the, the nursing homes in the three counties, um, seeing the spike in, the, in these cases, Leash, Kildare, Kildare and Offaly, have they been given any updated advice from NEFIT or the HSE in terms of what they should do now? I mean, is there any consideration being given to stopping visits in, in the short term? Yeah, good, good morning, Sarah. Yes, well, we've been in contact as an organisation, Nursing Homes Ireland, this morning with, with the uh, public health authorities in respect of, of potential advices. And I understand that the public health emergency team is meeting this afternoon. But yes, I mean, you'll know that nursing homes took an early decision uh, to restrict visitors. And I think that's something that's uppermost in our minds. Uh, in those three counties in particular. Uh, there's 31 nursing homes in Kildare, Leash and Offaly uh, providing care in a home from home to over 2,000 uh, residents. And we know that the impact on older people and particularly nursing home residents has been particularly severe. So we do need to move quickly uh, if this becomes uh, more community transmission. Uh, two, two issues that are, I suppose, positive, if you like. One is that uh, we now have better data uh, in terms of local uh, transmission uh, and the issue of asymptomatic transmission is a huge, huge concern. But thankfully, uh, NEFID a number of weeks ago agreed that there would be ongoing testing of staff. Um, that has com- uh, completed a, a four-week period and now it's beginning on Monday next again for a further two weeks. So uh, that uh, highlights, I suppose, staff who may be asymptomatic uh, but clearly the issue of visitor restrictions is something we'll have to give very serious consideration mm-hmm. to over the next 24 and sure. hours. And as you say, you've emailed this morning looking for guidance. I just wonder, though, yes. if you were a nursing home owner in Kildare, Leash or Offaly this morning, would you be saying to people, look, let's, we won't have visitors for the next week until we see how the situation pans out? Yeah, I, I think that would be uh, definitely of, worthy of consideration and, and, and a, prudent, a, a prudent question to ask. It may be too early, given that we have to wait, I suppose, further advice on public health. And again, you know, we know that in, in Kildare, for example, it may be very localised. It may not be, you know, North Kildare or, or South Kildare. Uh, but clearly our members would, would have the finger on the pulse locally in terms of the community transmission. But we've asked ourselves as part of the expert panel that a, an early warning system should be put in place so that if there is a spike in community transmission in an area, that should be notified immediately uh, to nursing homes because then they would be able to take uh, action uh, locally in that particular region. So I think you will see visitor restrictions and, and you'll see, I suppose, more care, if you like, in, in terms of visitor restrictions and, and possibly a reintroduction of, of more, more res- restrictive controls uh, in terms of visitors over the next period in, in those particular three counties. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. That's Tyke Daly, CEO of Nursing Homes Ireland. And thanks all to, also to my other guests, James Lawless, Fianna Fáil TD for Kildare North, Brendan O'Shea, a GP in Kildare, Professor Mary Codd, epidemiologist, and Paddy Mallon, Professor of Microbial Diseases at UCD. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.